0: Oregon won a tight game against Washington State a little uh what game-winning drive for a field goal there with a minute left to go UCLA barely holds on against Colorado and UCLA the resurgence continues all that and more on this week's eligible receivers he's Eric I'm Warren let's start the show hello
1: blog fans ineligible receiver offense number
0: 64 My
1: rule that penalty is disregarded
0: is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. So to get it popping, last week, we started off on Friday night, USC, who looked game against Notre Dame, they're hosting Colorado, been looking weak, and lo and behold, we had a little football game here. USC, 35-31 to 31 winners, but Colorado got in there. LaVisca Chenault, one of his first big games of the year, you know, like he wanted to go shine there.
1: Well, yeah, that's where he should have gone to school. Yeah, I mean, or I guess Alabama offered him. He should have probably gone there. Um, yeah, I mean, you said in the intro, which I was a little confused by that. You know, like Colorado, I think you said UCLA barely held on against them, but I mean, it was really like USC came back to beat these guys. Like Colorado, yeah, 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 winning this game through most of the entire. I mean, USC won the fourth quarter, fourteen nothing, to win the game by four. Um, that in you know Colorado choked it away at the end. You know Keaton Slovis huge game. You like you said Lavisca Chenault like this is a fun this is a fun ass game and and a good game to watch and and but
0: I mean really USC pulled this thing out of the
1: fire in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, uh, and I'll tell you why I wasn't exactly sure what happened in the game. I remember turning it on and being like, oh look the Buffs. Uh, Friday night was uh soccer practice and then trunk or treat at my kid's school. So we didn't get home till late. How'd it go? Uh, you know, they've opened up the trunks. They, uh, got some candy, which is good. So we're in like the, the three month season of the year where after every dinner, the kids eat like one piece of candy Yeah. and they, and they keep eating this stuff. They'll eat it till, you know, till January.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: it, it happens. So that was good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Mel, I think, I think I said this last week that if Colorado can find two more wins, they've had a great season. If they find one more win, they've had a fine season. Uh, And if I'm a Buffalo, I'm height, I'm uh, happy and heartened uh, by the showing against USC.
1: Absolutely.
0: Maybe, I mean, maybe frustrated that you blew the game at the end of the day, but I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But also, I mean, you got to be realistic, you know, and uh, to some degree. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's a, uh, USC, uh, S-S-S Sterling four and one record in conference. Now they're looking good in the South. Uh, next up we got Utah against California, the chase Garbers list, California bears and Utah put the smack down Utah looking like a really legitimate PAC 12 contender right now, outside of that loss to USC. They, uh, had, they've been stomping some people. This is a good old fashioned
1: ass kicking 35, mm-hmm, yeah. nothing 35 points scored in the first three quarters a good old-fashioned whooping.
0: Yep, that's right. And California continues, the Evan Weaver fold. He uh,
1: very much predicted this. Like, yeah. He literally sat in the post-game press conference after their first loss and said, here's exactly what has happened historically, which I don't want to happen again, which is then exactly what happened.
0: Yeah. He like double, uh, no, I don't know. I think he was trying to reverse jinx it, but it ended up just being a jinx.
1: It bounced back on him or whatever, to the, the Harry Potter
0: lingo. Yeah, it, yeah. It reversed on him or whatever, as you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, UCLA, Arizona State, the Fighting Herms uh, coming in, uh, you know, still, uh, you know, dreams of a Pac-12 South style for them. They're ranked, they go to UCLA, and the Bruins – Again, toughest team to pick in the conference. Week to week, you don't know what you're getting. It was a lot easier when it was last year and they were just bad. Now they are potentially good. They win forty-two to thirty-two, and in a, in a score that uh, incredibly flatters Arizona State, who won the fourth quarter twenty-two to zero to get it within ten.
1: Yeah, I mean like like forty-two to ten going into the fourth quarter, like mm-hmm. it was over. And Arizona State, you know, unlikely outcome in the fourth quarter where they reel off twenty-two straight points. But even that doesn't even get him – I mean, doesn't even get him within single digits. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, interesting. And it's not – it, I mean, you look at like Joshua Kelly's line, the running back for UCLA, and that's not overwhelming. I mean, that is like an insane workload for a college running back. 34 carries at less than five yards a carry, but he got in the end zone four times. And so they're kind of smash-mouthing it a little bit.
1: That's the shoot Kelly way, man. He's like, He's ground and pound like that. That's how Oregon won when he was when he had it rolling. That way they were a running team. Oregon averaged over three hundred yards rushing, you know, when he had it really going.
0: Yeah, that's the truth. But it wasn't like, but it, uh, they their yards per carry average was significantly better. Yes, once yeah. Oregon got good, For they sure. were like they were getting three hundred yards at like you know eight yards a carry or something like that. Well, of it big... was like Lamichael
1: James and Marcus Mariota as opposed to Joshua Kelly, who's a transfer from UC Davis.
0: Yeah. So they, they get two hundred and seventeen yards on the ground on an average of three point eight yards per carry on the game, which is damn, damn impressive commitment to the run. You gotta respect that. Chip chip or not Chip rather, but uh Herm had to like be sitting there on the other sideline. He's like, God damn it, this is good to watch. This is good football. <laughs> yeah. This <it> sucks. <laughs> uh, Stanford hosted Arizona. Uh in a game that was close. You know what I mean? Uh ends up being a ten point game uh khalil tate up and down as he's been uh the backup gets playing time in the game and frankly looks better uh but yeah uh stanford kj costello back in the fold back from injury 322 yards passing three touchdowns uh they got the job done
1: stanford put up 41 points that's pretty Mm -hmm. for a team that has had a very anemic offense
0: yeah didn't they just like lose to ucla it lost a lot of people except for Washington. Yeah, they beat Washington. They did. They so that's like kind of the standard deal is that these bad teams are beating Washington. Um, and that brings us to our last game of the week, that uh, Washington State-Oregon game, the game I watched the most of, uh, just cooed out to the max, uh, was beyond thrilled when uh, uh, Anthony Gordon got that touchdown there with a minute to go When it, uh, when he had that touchdown pass there at the end. Uh, and then, you know, I mean like the, the last drive you could, it was one of those, it seemed kind of inevitable once they got the decent kick return. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they got it down there. They still only, you know, went for a chippy field goal. Uh, so it ends up being the right call, but this is a kicker who I think going into that kick was two for four on the season inside 30 yards. So like was mildly surprised. Crystal Ball didn't like take one kind of shot in the end zone, but I'll say this about, uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, he fucking sucks <laughs> uh, <laughs> because like all this guy's yards are like scheme yards. They're all like on swing passes, you know, Yeah. like where they're, where they get, where they get, uh, you know, they get their numbers right on the edge and they're going like, you know, four against two. Uh, outside and it's just all r- run after catch shit, you know? And the story of this game obviously wasn't Justin Herbert who lost his streak of throwing a touchdown pass in consecutive games in this game. Uh, but C.J. Verdell was uh, a monster in this game. This is an Oregon line, 23 carries, 257 yards, 11 yards of carry, three touchdowns. They 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 couldn't do anything with him.
1: Yeah, that sounds right. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, i I actually fell asleep before this game ended because I was – I was quite tired from a day. Of yeah. It was a good day. Um, but. What'd you do? I played golf. It was great. Oh, nice. Dude. Salish Cliffs, man. It's a it's a hard course. Um, oh, yeah. But it's a fun course. Um, and so, but I just felt like Oregon was going to win this game. And so I was actually mildly surprised when I woke up to find that Washington State had made it as close as they had. But Washington State, man, I would love to see the statistics on Mike Leach when his team scores to take the lead with – Less than three minutes, but more than a minute on the clock. Yeah, yeah. What is his win loss record? Because I my guess is it's zero and a hundred. Like I don't think they've ever won a game. Without- oh yeah. Like they their defense for whatever reason is so susceptible to game winning drives. It's the worst possible thing Washington State can do is score to take the lead with more than a minute left to go in the
0: game. Yeah. I mean, is that, do they ever win those games? I don't know. I mean, I've always said in years past that my favorite Mike Leach is down by a, you know, a score or two in the fourth quarter because that's when it's just balls to the wall and they're, and the other team gets scared and it becomes real good for the Cougs. And yeah, they got to time up that score where they take the lead because then it flips the other way. And the flip side of that is like, leach up a score or two in the fourth quarter. It's like, hold on to your butts, you know? Yeah. Like, there's just gonna be some bad decisions being made. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh so how we doing on picks last week?
1: Well, it was okay for me. I went three and two. You and Worm uh had a rough week at one and four each. Um WSU got, uh, bailed you guys out. I took a-
0: Yeah, if only you had got on that Kook train. If only I got on the Kook train, man. And there's no reason not to be on the Kook
1: train. It was a minus fourteen line, but whatever.
0: Um I'll take the
1: three and two. Uh, on the season, you remain in first place at 38 and 27. I am three games behind you at 35 and 30, and Worm is bringing up the rear at 30 and 35. So that's how we. Yeah. That's how we.
0: That's how we go into week 10 of the season. For a brief second in that Arizona game, I want to say I'm. I'm looking back to see whether or not my uh, memory is accurate. No, it's not. Fuck it. <laughs> I thought for a second that, like, Arizona was, like – I guess, like, they were up 10-7 in the first quarter, and I was like, here we go, baby. This is what I thought was going to happen. I think I'm going to have a good week this week. And then that went south. Yeah, it didn't work. It just didn't work at all. All right, so next week, uh, let's start it off. Here's a good football game. Oregon State at Arizona. Yeah. Arizona, six-point favorites at home. The Beavs, uh two-and-two two in the conference. You know, they're sitting here. With their wins at UCLA, frankly, an impressive win at this point. Yeah. And a win at Cal. So, like, are you telling me this is a team that showed they can win on the road in the conference going against a team that is shaky? You know what I mean? Like, the B's got every shot in this game. I do know what you mean.
1: Yeah. I mean, who's
0: who's Arizona starting a quarterback this week? I've, you got to think.
1: I mean, I don't know. It's a legitimate question right now. Khalil Tate is playing awful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the other guy went in and was like seven for seven, you know, with like three more yards per attempt. What a world we live in if Khalil Tate is a backup by the end of the season. What a, what a just absolute, you know, flash of lightning that guy was for that half a season where he came on the scene and it was like, we can't block him.
1: We can't do anything. <laughs> we can't
0: tackle him. We can't catch him. He's too fast. And then, yeah. And then and then he gets you know, and then he like got hurt and that diminished him. And now it's just like it's been he just hasn't gotten that form back.
1: I think too, it's just a function of like understanding that for as bad as the coaching is in college, and let's be honest, it's pretty bad. uh, Yep. Is like it's these are still like pretty highly paid guys. And so it's like he put six games of tape on and in the off season, like the defensive coordinators were like, Oh, Okay. Okay. And there's like, there's obviously a book on him, right? I mean, you can't completely mitigate it, but it's like after that flash in the pan, he's had so few games where he was just as dominant as he was that there's just very obvious tendencies that he must
0: have that you can try and mitigate if you're a defensive coordinator. Yeah, I agree with that. And I wonder uh, what uh, part of that includes, uh, you know, like – he just had not tasted failure at the college level that first year, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so he, so like, and then all of a sudden you just kind of get, when it, you'd be like, oh, well this is going to work forever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it stops working.
1: Some analyst in some, you know, in somebody's you know office came in one day and is like, you know, when he goes left and he's on the run, he's averages about 75% completion rate and about 12 yards per completion. Man, when he goes right, he averages 4% completion. And it's for a half yard, and the coach is like, "Okay." And so, like, they just put like, a little note, like, "Make run right," you know, and like that just tips the whole scale of like how what he's able to do as a quarterback, you know.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't know. So, who do you, do you think he's going to? Is he going to play in this game? Yes or no? And is Oregon State going to cover the six point spread that they are uh, the underdog team?
0: Oh, man, t- it's tough for me to say. Uh, is, that's, I'll, that's the I'll take the, time. I'll take the, I'll take the Wildcats in this one. I don't like it. I. Uh. And that's because I don't particularly think they're gonna win. But I, I'm trying to like double. I'm trying to reverse Evan Weaver myself out of this. I'm trying to say what's the expected outcome. I'll pick what. What do I might think is really gonna happen, and then pick against it.
1: I like Oregon state
0: here. I like that. I think that's good. All right. Uh, next up. How about, here's a good one. Oregon going to USC, Oregon are four and a half point favorites on the road here. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I like USC as a home dog in this game. All day,
1: all day USC in this
0: Oregon coming off. Two insanely
1: emotional wins. Uh, as you pointed out with Herbert, you know he got it done against Washington for sure. But you know his the scheme, which you know against USC, suspect coaching wise, you could argue that scheme is going to go a long ways. But I, I just I think it's as a you don't have anything left in the tank game if you're at Oregon. Like you've expended your emotional capital the last two weeks, and yep. USC's like right there in the south. And why not? I think they're going to get this win.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the worst thing you can do when you're USC is to play, or, you know, like when you're playing USC is that you're like, God, I hope this talent isn't motivated this week. Uh, and I think, uh, Oregon comes down to LA with a lot of the flash that USC likes to pride themselves on. And a lot of players who are going to be excited to, uh, kind of, you know, let these Oregon guys know that they were the ones who made the right decision by staying home in Southern California. Yeah. So it's like what we talked about after Washington lost to Oregon. Uh, Washington, my thought is that Washington is short the kind of just like bad mfers, you know that uh, you need to win games like that. I don't believe USC is going to be short that those group of people. Correct. Yeah, but should be a good one. Uh, here's another one that's going to be a little wild. Two teams that have been really up and down this season: Colorado and UCLA. UCLA six and a half point favorites. Are we ready to say? That the Bruins have turned the corner.
1: Well, Colorado's terrible, so I'm ready to pick
0: UCLA this game. Yes, I think I got to take UCLA also. I I kind of don't. I'm I'm having you know that's like a big. What I like to do as the season goes along is put each team in a good bad box, and it's tough for me to take UCLA out of the bad box that they've been in for some time now. Yeah, you know. And to kind of just accept that like well maybe they have some things that they can do. Yeah. Uh, it's in so, a minute since they get out of the bad box. Yeah. So uh yeah, and you're right. Yeah. What what aids it is that Colorado, despite a good showing against USC, you know, they get they end up having a three point game or four point game against a team that outguns them, right? On the road. Yeah. And then they're going to a way less hostile environment against a team with worse players, you know. Like I mean, there's that's a, the thing about this game and the thing about that Arizona Oregon State game is that there's no no result you're gonna be like oh well no way that I never saw that coming but yeah I think I think I'll take UCLA. I'm with you. All right, and that brings us to Utah and Washington. The dogs are home dogs. Utah are three and a half point favorites. Utah looks great, and I'll tell you what Utah's been waiting so long to get this Washington monkey off their back. You know they're bringing in a senior quarterback, Zach Moss. A, t- a team that's having a better season, a Washington team that already has two conference losses at home this season, which have been kind of few and far between in recent years, uh, vulnerable. Uh, but, you know, and then on the at the same time, Washington in position to, you know, kind of potentially sneak their way into like a Rose bowl position. You know what I mean? Like if, if, if like Oregon were to win out and go to the college football playoff, Washington potentially the second most attractive team in the conference by virtue of beating Utah and USC if they're able to, you know, win out. Yeah, I think this is a this is a, a trap week in in Pac-12 scheduling.
1: And when you look at Oregon going down to the Coliseum and Utah coming to Husky Stadium, you know the all of the discussion right now is on the two one lost teams in the Pac-12, and they are, mm-hmm. both, they are both going to places where they, you know, Utah particularly the like house of horrors. Yep. Yeah. You know, oh, I forgot yeah. how to coach a couple years ago,
0: and you know, I I still I go back and watch the end of that game, the the, the raw game footage of it on YouTube uh, a couple times a year because like you get to a point where they're up a score at the end, and you're like, or what? They're up ten late, like late in that game. Yep. And you're like, how could this ever happen? It's it's not a great coaching job. He calls that timeout. He calls that timeout when we're on our, like, 25. Trying to run out the clock, basically. Yeah, saying, well, let's go to overtime. Yeah. And Chris Peterson, in the greatest coaching moment he's had at Washington, says, fuck you, you're calling a timeout. We're going to win now. Yeah, and we did. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't know, though.
1: I got significant concerns about Zach Moss, dude. Like, Oregon just just wrote the book on what to do to UW, which is like, hey, just run up the middle. Um, Yeah. They can't block that. And that's – Exactly what Utah wants to do all day long, and exactly why UW has dominated Utah is because they had Greg Gaines or Vita Vea or you know Danny Shelton or whomever in the middle of that defensive line.
0: Alameda, to trying
1: to run up the middle, has not you know been a great scheme, but all of a sudden it kind of is. Um, so.
0: Yeah, that's the, that's the shame about this is that Washington is just in an in between year on uh you know that's a, a blip in a streak of having dominant defensive lines. there. I'd still have full faith in this freshman class of Bandies and uh, the the other guy that I whose name I can't say and Tamini like to all come around and be beasts, but they're they're 18-year-olds right now, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, no, it's going to be a different story, but I that my primary concern is that Utah is going to uh, expose what Oregon already exposed. Frankly, they're going to re-expose what Oregon already exposed, which is UW is not going to be able to stop the run, and it's going to make life a lot easier for Huntley. And we'll see. I hope I'm wrong, but
0: yeah, what I like is that. Uh, well, of course you're not. I mean, you're you hope you're right because you're picking Washington. Right, uh, uh, rules the pot. Yeah, uh, and but uh, what what I would say in Washington's favor is that uh, they are coming off a bye, right? You know, So they've had two weeks to get ready for this thing. They're going to be healthier. Uh, they're Like I said, after they lost to Oregon, there's really jack shit to play for this season. An opportunity to beat a top 10 team at home and kind of turn the narrative of your season around, get you set up for a couple games at Oregon State and at Colorado teams you ought to be able to figure out how to beat uh, ahead of your Apple Cup. I mean, like, you can really set up to have a great November, you know, uh, and then you know, be going into your bowl game with nine wins like that is, you know, that I would I would even I would say that becomes the likely outcome if they're able to beat Utah, and I think that they have every opportunity to beat Utah. I hope you're right. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. All right, uh, that is it for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers for Eric. I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week.